Hello, this is Drink the Music. A podcast where each week we listen to an album, make a cocktail, and have a chat about it. Thanks for joining us. Now let's drink the music. Well, hello and welcome to Volume 6 of Drink the Music. I'm Brian here, as always, with Michaela. And Michaela, this week we put to a vote to our Patreon site. Uh, we had what is considered by many to be the best album of all time, Beach Boys Pet Sounds, versus what many would consider to be the best band of all time in The Beatles. And The Beatles won. We're talking today Love from 2006, the Cirque du Soleil soundtrack. Pretty excited about this, Michaela. Uh, what, what do you think? You excited to talk some Beatles? The Fab Four. I am excited to talk about the Beatles, mostly because I'm excited to hear all the things that you have to say, because I know that you are a Beatles <laughs> super freak. Um, mm -hmm. I remember being at your lake house, uh, I don't know, five years ago, some four years ago. I don't know. It was brand new. It was when you guys Time had just has moved no in. Meaning, really anymore, <laughs> especially now in the before times. Um, but I do remember you and you were showing us your, you know, Wi-Fi, hi-fi, uh, record player and you were like this is amazing and the oh, oh, you had like four or five albums out and they were all the Beatles <laughs> and I was like huh <laughs> yep. and you have you have all these like really cool like Beatles like odes odes to the Beatle in like art form around your house mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, both of your houses it's really cool and so I I'm just super excited because I know that I gushed like a baby about Joni Mitchell and True. you know so I I'm 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 excited that we're going to do an album and a band that you love probably as much as I love her so <laughs> this is exciting for me that's that's true that's true yeah uh, we're gonna be talking about the Beatles today that is pretty exciting stuff uh so let's get into this a little bit who are the Beatles of course it's John Paul George and Ringo biggest band in the world uh began in 1960 doing a residency in Hamburg Germany they kept getting bigger and bigger but we're having trouble catching on in the United States despite plenty of marketing efforts uh enter Carol James a DJ in Washington DC he got a copy of I want to hold your hand started playing it on the radio they started bootlegging that uh record and and started playing it all over on the radio, uh, pass it around, and then Ed Sullivan Show, 1964, watched by roughly 74 million people, which was about a third of the population of the United States at the time. That is pretty, pretty good. The Beatles, Welcome to America. 17 United States studio albums, ranging from Platinum, introducing the Beatles, the first one, to 24 times Platinum for the White Album, which is a lot. 24 times Platinum, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a lot of albums. Uh, 20 number one hits, uh, they had the movies, all that stuff. Uh, that's the Beatles. We all knew all of that already. So... Who are George and Giles Martin, the architects of Beatles love? Uh, so George Martin, uh, he is a music producer, composer, arranger that worked with the Beatles from 1962 um, all the way up uh, until this album. He was born in London, 1926, and passed away in 2016. He was knighted in 1996, so he is Sir Sir George Martin. And his son Giles, born in 1969, uh, started writing jingles in college. But then, you know, your dad's George Martin, so uh, you're going to get to do all of those other things, right? So he started to doing uh, music producing for Jeff Beck, Rolling Stones. Costello, Kate Bush, uh, and a bunch of others. So uh, that is who's putting this album together, George and Giles Martin, uh, and they're doing it for a Cirque du Soleil show. Michaela, you go to Vegas a lot. Cirque du Soleil, is that your jam? 
It is my jam. Uh, there's a Cirque du Soleil for everybody. Um, <laughs> there's one. That's right. For, there's a there's a water one. There's like an there's erotic a, one. There's there. <laughs> one. There's an erotic one. There is uh, one that's like. There's a Michael Jackson one. Is there? Is there? Is it still around? Oh, that's cool. I guess. I, guess. I don't know. <laughs> I, don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but uh, one of the ones that showed up, uh, and I I felt like it was kind of uh, uh, underwhelmingly uh, marketed because I didn't know about it until I arrived one year. I just like got off the plane in Vegas and next to the slot machines, it was like Beatles love. And I was like, oh, this is amazing. Um, but they did like, a, like uh, they have a Disney one that's at Disney Springs or it used to be at Disney Springs. And that was the first Cirque du Soleil that I ever saw. And it's like an adult um well, I don't want to say adult. It's like a new age. It's like a modern mm -hmm. circus. So they're yep. not a lot of animals. I don't think they do any of the animal stuff. Um, but what they do is like a visualization of amazing feats of like your body. And like, they've got fire throwers and they've got like people who, you know, do the jumping of the in trapeze work and they've got all this really cool stuff. And it's always really interesting to see um, the soundtrack that is posted, you know, that is presented with that. It's always done with a live band. Um, and so I was super excited um, when I saw that they were doing a Beatles love, because I was like, this is either going to be an epic failure uh, and it's not going to make anybody happy, or it's going to like bring everybody that has ever loved the Beatles together in this, you know, symbiotic, like, uh, splendor of the senses because you're going to see amazing things. You're going to hear music that you like, and you're going to hear it in a, a totally new and different way. And then I realized that they made an album and like sold it on top of all of that. So if you don't get to go to Vegas, you can at least listen to the amazing soundtrack, which is pretty awesome. That's right. Absolutely. So that's what we're talking about today. The Beatles love album uh, from 2006. So uh, what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break and you either have your option right now. You can take a break with us, get uh, get your cocktail stuff out, get ready to go, or you can fly ahead into the Mirage and see Beatles love for yourself. So let's do that. Michaela, let's take a quick break. We'll grab the bourbon and be right back. I feel like, Brian, if we're going to have a cocktail, um, and it's going to be an homage of all things Beatles, specifically the Beatles love album. Mm -hmm. I think it needs to be like a grown up, like Valentine's cocktail. Yeah, so not too absolutely. syrupy, not too sweet, yeah. like mm -hmm. something, mm -hmm. you know, something with a lot of love in it, but that's very like modern and adults and like dark, maybe like a darkness. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. And we're going to kind of talk about those uh, themes of love brought by the Beatles here as we get into the album. But we definitely need a cocktail that is going to, um, you know, kind of inspire pr that presence of love, but also have, you know, kind of some adult uh, feelings uh, to it's a little bit uh, darker, a little bit more introspective, uh, so to speak. And we found a really good one. It's called the Old Fashioned Love Song. It's from HelloFresh. Uh, they send you your meal kits and apparently they also have cocktail recipes. Uh, so that's good. Uh, good job there, HelloFresh. Let's get into making this cocktail because it is pretty simple. It is a riff on the old fashioned. We've made a hundred of these uh, for the podcast so far, and this one's going to go together just like the rest of those. Uh, grab yourself a rocks glass, uh, throw in some chocolate bitters, couple drops, uh, half ounce of simple syrup, and uh, go ahead and give that a stir. Get the, the chocolate bitters and the simple syrup mixed up. Add in three quarters of an ounce of creme de cacao, 
and two ounces of your choice, rye or bourbon. Uh, I would prefer bourbon here because it's going to go nicer with the creme de cacao. The rye is going to be a little too spicy. I uh, didn't like that. I made it both ways. Uh, I like the bourbon, so uh, give that a try. Uh, put in a big ice cube and then garnish it with a nice orange peel and a cherry. Uh, sip and enjoy. Listen to this album all 81 minutes. Uh, you might need a couple of these uh, to get through the album because uh, it's a lengthy one. But this this is really good. It's it's a riff on on the classic, right? The old fashioned. Uh, but the, those hints of chocolate, they just they just leave you leave you thinking and wondering and wanting. It, it's nice. It is nice. I like it because it's simple. And a lot of people, uh, you know, part of the genius that is the Beatles was their earlier work was very simple. You know, they're uh, like, I want to hold your hand, arguably one of the most popular of the Beatles songs, right? It's the first one that mm -hmm. hit America. Mm -hmm. um, it's it's like three or four sentences. It's, you know, it's it was not there. there you know, you have this wall of sound, I guess. But like the way in which <laughs> it, it's so simple and yet it 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 hit you. Right. And I feel like the same thing can be said for this drink because it's not hard to make. Um, but if it hits you in the right spot, it's something that you can muse on for a whole evening. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, on one hand, uh, just like just like the Beatles, uh, especially those early ones, like you said, it seems it seems pretty simple, um, very approachable um, in terms of the old fashioned. But there's there's a lot more kind of underneath uh, laying under here. And the creme de cacao is really uh, kind of delicious and it pairs really nicely with the bourbon. This would be excellent for a fancy uh, Valentine's Day cocktail, which I think was what Hello Fresh was going for here in this article that we found. But uh, pairs up perfectly uh, with listening to this album. And, you know, that's that's something I like to do. You know, we we talk about the vinyl records and just putting it on and listening to it. So having an old fashioned listening to this, that sounds like a good time to me. Uh, and that's what we're going to do right now, Michaela. So let's mix up another one of these. Uh, we'll put the record on. We'll listen to it. Um, and then we'll be right back to, to chat about it. Let's get into Beatles love. Let's do it. So, so Michaela, uh, you, we've been going back and forth on whether you need a spoiler warning uh, for these albums or not. Um, and maybe this one, because it, it comes from a show, right? This is a soundtrack. Yeah. This is our first ever soundtrack. Um, so that's interesting. Um, it's interesting that it's a soundtrack for a circus, a modern circus, be it as it, as it may. There are a lot of Cirque du Soleil shows, but I don't remember seeing Cirque du Soleil soundtracks. I'm, I'm sure they exist. Uh, let me know which other ones are good. I'll check them out. Um, but but this one is interesting, especially Michaela, because you put this album on, you you or you press play on you know iTunes or however you're listening to this, you start it up, um, and then it's basically like one song for the next 81 minutes. Yeah, I really it's something that I think is is really important uh, about this album is other unlike a lot of the other albums that we talk about, um, we're not going to go through all 24, I guess, of the songs because, or 26 of the songs, because it doesn't make sense to, because they all kind of bleed into each other. Um, mm -hmm. so beautifully. And that's one of the things that I found, um, and I have all over my notes is how they made these transitions, because these are, uh, songs from all different times and eras within, you know, the Beatlemania kind of life story of the Beatles, right? We've got things uh, from very early in their career to like all the way through their psychedelic days. And it, it, it somehow the way that they sound engineer these is that it all feels like one, like 81 minute long song. And it's that in and of itself is true brilliance and, and beauty because this is an album you really should listen to all the way through. You should start mm -hmm. it and just kind of sit there and, and absorb it um, because you're not going to get the full experience if you just listen to like number four, number eight, and, you know, <laughs> right. flip it over to the B side and listen to number five, 15 or whatever, right? Like that's not 
not going to be the same because you're going to miss like the bleeding of the songs, um, which is really cool because I think that if you were going to have like a Beatles immersive experience, this is how you would want to be doing it. Yeah, exactly. You're going to kind of kind of press play and it's going to wash over you because um, like you mentioned, it's going to be hard to just pick out like a single song from this. There's only, I think, three or four instances on the album where the entire song is played uh, within these because it's uh, jumping around a lot. Uh, they're they're kind of jumbled up um, and mishmashed um, and won a Grammy just for, uh, for doing that, which is uh, which is pretty neat. So let's talk about this. We're going to break it down kind of into these four sections because uh, the, the vinyl albums, it's on four. I figure uh, when they're producing the album, they know where best to make these breaks so that's what we're going to do so side a here um is uh because get back glass onion eleanor rigby uh with uh julia as a transition i am the walrus i want to hold your hand drive my car the word what you're doing nick noose uh which is backwards sun king and something with the transition being the blue jay um so michaela i really like um, here we're getting this started. The album starts off so quietly. It's peaceful. There are birds chirping. Um, it's uh, it's very I don't know like you're like you're standing like in a meadow next to a brook, and then um, you know kind of this uh, stripped down version of because comes on uh, before it gives uh, gives way to this kind of like um, I don't know. It's almost like a close encounters uh, kind of swell uh, from the song A Day in the Life, which we're going to circle back to uh, by the end of this, uh, which is really pretty neat. Um, and then it hits into that opening uh, very hard kind of chord for a. Hard Hard Day's Night. You have drums from Sgt. Pepper and the end. Uh, it goes into the final track of the last album that the Beatles uh, ever recorded there on Get Back. Um, so for keeping track at home uh, here in the first uh, kind of two songs, we've had uh, songs from Abbey Road, Sgt. Pepper, A Hard Day's Night, and Let It Be. Uh, and that's just in the first two songs of this album. It was definitely a feast for my semi-novice ears. I mean, look, I love the Beatles, but I don't love them like uh, a lot of people do. And I'm sure I don't love them the way that you do, right? So I'm not going to pretend uh, to, uh, you know, have have seen or heard all of those pieces. But I do remember, uh, like, I felt like a song hadn't ended um, before it, it it had really begun, and I loved that intro um, to when they when they start the riff of a hard day's night, and then it actually ends up being get back. I thought that that was super cool, and I was in for a treat because that is kind of the theme, right? Is that every song has this inside song, has an inside song. And when we talk about a glass onion, um, there are so many layers to every single song um, where if you listen to this multiple times, and I really recommend that you do because it's so worth it. Um, you, it's more than just, oh, it, it's this song. And then it like, it kind of flows into this song and it flows into mm -hmm. this song. Like, you know, for me, like the Eleanor Rigby, um, was absolutely the, the, the first one that I really kind of got it where they're singing the song Eleanor Rigby. It feels a lot more, um, I don't know, tranced and nuanced. And then it's got that Julia transition that I, I and it blew me away. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is going to be for the rest of this album. We're just going to see these little like Easter eggs um, of musicality in all of these songs. And so what you might think you're listening to I Am The Walrus, but you're not really, I mean, you are, but you're not just listening to I Am The Walrus. You're listening to all right. these other pieces. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the transitions on this album are obviously what make it make it stand out. Um, you know, it's it's something that you can only achieve by having, um, you know, George and Giles Martin do it. You know, George is 
intimately familiar with everything that the Beatles ever recorded, every scrap of it, every second of sound that was ever laid down. Um, and then Giles, his son, you know, has, you know, kind of this more youthful look at the way to really kind of create these mashups and create this soundscape uh, that we're getting, uh, which is really great. So, you know, that's that's what's making it stand out. Um, I love uh, kind of the intro here to um, I Want to Hold Your Hand. It comes in and it almost sounds like like the ocean, like waves of the ocean crashing. Um, and it just keeps kind of getting louder until you realize that uh, that's not the ocean. Uh, that's uh, girls screaming uh, for the Beatles um, on the Ed Sullivan show. And then what's amazing is because even in that, I Want to Hold Your Hand, they're actually blending the studio cut of this and the Hollywood Bowl version of this. Um, so it gives it sort of... Uh, live performance kind of a feeling uh but still you know kind of maintaining you know that that studio quality that you need and something uh that's going to be a choreographed show like that and stuff like that is really brilliant there's a couple more instances i'll get to as we uh, make our way through the album here yeah no i i thought that that i i thought that that piece was really special because um it felt much more like a concert those couple of songs that kind of run in together i want to hold your hand drive my car um I really liked that because it it felt like we were in this uh, audience kind of, uh, and it was building and it was just almost a dream sequence. If you're just sitting there with your eyes closed, listening to this, you're, you're going through, it starts very light. You're getting down into like a, a very lonely song with Eleanor Rigby. Um, and then once you get to like, drive my car you're to me i was like we're in we're, we're now spending it's like a dream where we're, you know we go from one place to one place we don't really understand but all of a sudden i'm finding myself watching them on a stage and it was that was really cool um i really liked uh nick nuss uh i mm. never <laughs> heard that before um which is sun king backwards uh i had to go up because i was like i'm sure like how did they make it? Why did they do it that way? Um, and that was actually really, really cool because you could uh, try and figure out what they were saying. It was amazing. And there was this whole thing, I guess it was the uh, the first, uh, one of the first or second albums. They It was this rumor that went around. All of the kids in the 60s were like, Look, listening to records backwards and they were like oh my gosh it's saying these sort these things and everybody was like satan fever and everybody was like mm. oh my gosh it's awful and and they didn't know that within a couple of years the beatles would have broken up and um but they were like oh if you listen to it backwards it says paul is dead or something and it was like uh crazy and so to, to have them actually do that was amazing to me because yeah I, yeah yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's uh, definitely kind of a, a bold stance to have a, a song play backwards uh, throughout this. And I think that it has a particular story element uh, to the show. It's been a while since I've um, actually actually seen it. But I think that the way that they're uh, reconstructing the stage here as this is going uh, backwards uh, makes a lot of sense as you're watching it. But it sounds really cool. It's really interesting sounding. And yeah, because obviously it doesn't sound like anything you've ever heard before because uh, you've not. Um, and the first side here, it ends with uh, something. Um, and, you know, the, the first nine songs here they come really fast it's almost like this uh, kind of feverish pace uh, that they're coming it kind of slows down uh, here as we get into something uh, which is which is really pretty um, and beautiful and it kind of caps off like this this first section which almost serves as like a career retrospective for the Beatles, right? Do you have um, I Want to Hold Your Hand, which by all accounts is their first kind of uh, hits or their big uh, song here in America. It's going all the way, um, like I'd mentioned, you know, Get Back 
being the last song on their last album. So literally their first song and their last song uh, here in this section. Um, and then we start to get into kind of the more story elements, I guess, uh, for the specific uh, Cirque du Soleil show. You know, kind of this this first section is very bombastic and just gets you in the mood. It gets you ready to party with the Beatles. And now we're going to uh, take over and start uh, telling the story. So all right. And that's going to get us into side B. Uh, let's go through these titles here. So we've got Being for the Benefit of Mr. Kai. I Want You, uh, She's So Heavy, Helter Skelter, uh, Track 11 is Help, Blackbird Yesterday's uh, Track 12, Strawberry Fields Forever, Within You, Without You, Tomorrow Never Knows, Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds, and Octopus's Garden uh, is Track 16. That's going to end our side B. So, uh, Michaela, uh, side B, like I said, we're getting into a little bit more kind of kind of kind of storytelling uh, aspects, I guess, of the of the album of the soundtrack. So uh, what do you think about side B? Anything? What's standing out to you here? Um, so I really loved the very opening song being for the benefit of Mr. Kite and the, I want you, she's so heavy kind of piece. Um, I really like that. Um, the way that they sound engineered that and put that, they had the, the really, I think that the, I think they call them delayed vocals um, it, when they're singing the helter skelter piece. And um, it was just very rocky and um, just real tough, very deep for me. Uh, and, and, and this is where it gets dark. I feel like, you know, we had a little bit of this melancholy ish with the first, um, in the, at the very beginning of the first, uh, side a, but this one, I feel like we're right into this kind of dark, weary, like ethereal space. Um, and then of course, uh, I really loved the, um, the acoustic kind of strawberry fields forever. Um, that was really cool. Um, I never heard it before like that. And so that made me really happy. And the way that they kind of incorporated the piano solo um, from In My Life, uh, that's one of my favorite Beatles songs. So I actually kind of caught my breath and got a little teary hearing it because it was a surprise. And I mm, think that that's mm -hmm. one of the things, you know, if you love the Beatles at all and you've not heard this album, do yourself a favor and listen to it, but make sure you spend the time to do it because you're going to find, they will play a song that's going to surprise you and it'll be just a piece of it maybe, but it's just a, oh, just the way they braided all of this together was just splendid. Yeah, it's uh, something very magical. And um, you hit on something good here. I've got in my notes, Strawberry Fields Forever. Um, it, it turns into, by the end of it, it's kind of this insane uh, mashup where there's like seven songs going on at the same time at the end of Strawberry Fields, um, kind of with the the end part of Hello Goodbye uh, there, um, which, it, which is pretty amazing. Uh, but the Strawberry Field cut itself, it comes from the acoustic demo and then the first and 26th take of Strawberry Fields Forever uh, before it goes into what was finally the studio cut. So um, it's the amazing amazing kind of like blending of you know like literally like four takes of this song that uh, creates into the song that we're uh, having here uh, you didn't even mention um, I'm gonna let it slide because I have some stuff to say about it. it's Blackbird and Yesterday they go together like peanut butter and chocolate uh, Blackbird is one of my favorite Beatles songs of all time Yesterday is my favorite song of all time um, and uh, I don't know this this is beautiful um it gets me teary every time it comes on uh blackbird is just the instrumental bit um it goes and when i'm listening to it i have like almost this like internal desperation to hear the song continue uh to hear those lyrics kind of open up for blackbird which are beautiful uh but it doesn't and it just kind of bleeds into the opening chord of yesterday um and it's so like like perfectly like like audibly uh fulfilling uh it's almost like ethereal sounding the way that it blends together which is weird because blackbird and yesterday 
aren't in the same tuning. The Martins uh, took that, uh, tuned it down a step so they would be in the same tuning because the Martins are wizards. Uh, I don't know how they did it. It's amazing. It's incredible. Um, and it sounds so awesome. Um, like you said, this is it's a little bit more. I don't I don't want to say um I don't know. It's it's a little bit it's a little bit darker, I guess, kind of tale here. Um, so part of the part of the story element of the Cirque du Soleil show is it's kind of going from like like post war, um, you know, London and stuff like that, and kind of telling the story from there. So I think that's kind of where uh, that's coming in. But I really like here at the end, track sixteen, Octopus's Garden. It's kind of like this fun like reset uh, here uh, from these songs, uh, which goes you know a little bit more up tempo, a little more uh, fun uh, to kick us off into uh, side C. But before we get into side C, Michaela. Let's take a wee bit of an album break uh, because there's been a lot of songs, 16 songs already. That's that's a that's like a full album's worth. We've already <laughs> talked about Michaela, so we're going to need at least a couple more of these old fashions. So let's go mix those up and take a quick bit of an album break here. So. Uh, like I mentioned, this came out in 2006 to coincide with the Cirque du Soleil show, uh, which came out that same year at the Mirage um, in Las Vegas. Uh, this album won two Grammy Awards, so it won uh, Best Soundtrack, um, like Compilation Soundtrack, and it won Best Surround Sound uh, Album. So that's pretty cool, Michaela. You have a nice surround sound set up, so hopefully you got the chance to listen to it there. Um, now, I will say that your surround sound setup is pretty good, but it's not as good as the theater at the Mirage, because Correct. listen to this. <laughs> Uh, listen to this. Listen to this. Uh, it has. Uh, where, where did that? Where did that? Okay. So the Mirage, uh, the theater there where you go and see this. It has 2013 seats. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. There are 6,351 speakers in the Mirage Beatles Love Theater. That's that's a lot. That's a lot of speakers. That's a lot of speakers. So way more than like my five or six that I have. Uh, Anthony's going to kill me. I have like 20 maybe, but that's still not 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 the same comparison at all. Um now you've seen this show. Did you you've seen it in the I theater? Have. And I have. was was it amazing? I have, yes. So I uh, saw this um in 2015. Uh, my wife and I were in Vegas celebrating our 10-year anniversary, doing the vow renewal, all that kind of stuff. And I had loved uh the Beatles Love album since 2006. We're not frequent uh, Las Vegas goers, but this was kind of the first time I had been to Las Vegas since the show came out. And I said, you know what I definitely need to do is I definitely need to go see Beatles Love. And we did. Um, and it was epic. And uh, it brought, you know, a tear to my eye. Uh, you get to go like before the show, there's like the Beatles store, which is pretty awesome that you can kind of go in like before and after the show. But um, yeah, I mean, it, it felt so like uh, well, first of all, just just to speak about the theater, it's it's kind of in the circle, so you're very close, and all of the all the Cirque du Soleil theaters in Vegas, at least the ones I've been to, are are very intimate and and very close. But it's like it's like being at a Beatles concert, which is not something that you can do anymore, right? It's not something I'm ever going to really get to experience. So it's as close to that. Um, I think is as possible. Um, and then the way that the story comes together and the story elements and the way that you're like visualizing these things that have been playing in your head for, you know, your whole life is just absolutely like breathtaking and astounding. So it's it's definitely worth the time to go and see um if you're seeing it. But uh there is a little bit of uh, uh tumultuous stuff I'm gonna talk about here um in just a second. So Michaela, have you ever had a chance to see this? I have not. Um, it, it was on my list. We actually had a trip planned and we were going to see this uh, and then the world kind of shut down for COVID. So uh, and I've not been able to go back um, since then. So uh, I'm really hoping that it sticks out for at least another year so I can get there. Um, I have uh, seen some kind of 
shots of it, <laughs> like people videoing and things. Um, don't do that if you're not allowed to do that. But uh, but I have seen some of that and that looked really amazing. So really all I've had is the album. Now, I remember when the album came out. Um, I remember when Free as a Bird came out in 1995 and that was like a huge deal um, because I was, uh, you know, the Beatles had broken up and, and, and uh, John uh, Lennon had unfortunately been killed right around the time I was born. So I was never going to to understand the kind of the Beatles mania, the way mm. that uh, people who'd lived in that life had. So when Free as a Bird came out, I remember it was like the coolest thing. Uh, all my friends were immediately like these new age Beatle manics, maniacs, right? They were like, oh my gosh, this stuff is amazing. And so I remember pouring over all the albums in like 1995 to th through the 2000s. And then I went off to college. And in college, that's when, um, uh, well, right after college, that's when this album came out. And it was like, oh my gosh, the Beatles have arrived again. It's like, it's another way for them to live on. It's these really cool uh, transitions. It's this really neat way of like modernizing these older songs. Um, and I remember listening to it a lot. And then, um, and then I stopped. I don't know what happened, um, but I hadn't listened to this album in maybe 10 years. 10 years? No. Yeah. Yeah. Probably about that long. And so it was like visiting an old friend, <laughs> which sounds really strange, but I guess that's the beauty of music, right? Is that these songs, uh, even though these are very different than their original tunings or their original um, orchestrations and the original recordings, they, they, because they're nostalgic for our youth, uh, mm -hmm. they were all, they were very nostalgic for us uh in in a completely different way probably the same way listening to like um the white album would be for someone like my dad's age right mm -hmm. yeah for sure absolutely yeah it kind of harkens back to that time uh for sure um i'd mentioned i'd seen it in 2015 uh the show was actually re-choreographed in 2016 so if i ever got a chance to see it again um it's going to be a different version so that'd be kind of interesting uh to see which one i prefer there um it's currently playing at the mirage um but i mentioned you know the future is a bit up in the air um it could potentially be coming to an end there it could potentially be staying there they don't really know apparently uh the hard rock uh hotel has shown some interest in bringing the show uh to the hard rock so i guess that's a possibility too so um it's really up in the air so if you have a chance to go see it i would say go ahead and do it because a it's great and b um you know it's it's hard to say how long for the world this particular show is uh but we're always going to have the soundtrack which is pretty great um you know i'd, I'd mentioned that they were you know using kind of every little scrap of uh beatles music and recordings that been made to put this together uh there are 130 uh separate recordings on this uh album that put together these tracks so uh that is pretty impressive there and there were two other tracks uh full on the hill and girl that you can hear on the digital version uh so if you're listening to this on on itunes or amazon or whatever uh you can hear those they're not part of the official soundtrack um they're not part of the show um so you can just listen to those out of curiosity if you want to um and if you want a little bit more of a deep dive on the show and how it got put together including the way this music uh worked there was a documentary about the making of this called All Together Now. I think it came out uh, around the time the show started, uh, maybe like a year or so after that showed on like network television, uh, which was how I kind of got uh, introduced and learned about the show um, in the first place. And that was amazing. Um, you had this great kind of kind of decade long period between the anthology stuff, which came out in the, you know, kind of mid 90s where that Free as a Bird uh, song came from mm -hmm. uh, big documentary there. And then, you know, the documentary about the making of this. So uh, that is pretty epic stuff. Michaela, you go to Vegas a lot, so you should get there. Uh, make sure you see this next time i absolutely will i absolutely yep. will 
There you go. All right. Well, now that our uh, break is over, I, I still need another. Let's go. Let's go mix up another uh, cocktail and we'll get back into uh, side uh, C. So the third side here, uh, we're going to go with uh, track 17, Lady Madonna. Uh, here comes the sun. Come together and dear prudence revolution and back in the USSR uh, track 21 here. Um, so I am a really big fan of kind of this uh, heavenly uh, joyous cut of uh, here comes the sun. I really love it. I really love Here Comes the Sun as a song, the message of it, the way that it sounds. Um, and I really like that it goes into this transition um, and it goes to like this like super angsty uh, call to action uh, song of Come Together. I really like kind of the amalgamation of that, right? You have this, this song that is eternally hopeful and then this other one uh, that's basically saying like, uh, get off your butt and get to work because uh, we need to get this thing figured out. I love the way that they mix up here. Yeah. No, I have to say, so my son, uh, for whatever reason, came to me a week and a half ago. Uh, he must be on the Patreon site. I don't know. But he was like, Mom, mm. can we listen to some Beatles music? And I was like, sure. Uh, and so on the way uh, up into the mountains this past weekend, I was like, I'm going to put this album on. I'm going to make some notes. I'm going to you know, listen to the whole entirety of it. Um, and he... <laughs> We got to this point and he'd taken off his headphones and he was listening and he was like, I thought this was the Beatles. And I was like, it is. But when you hear that, uh, here comes the sun, the the way that that kind of, I don't know, floats through the air. He's like, I know this one. I know this one. It was so amazing. Um, and so from that, I'm always going to be grateful to the song. But the 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 kind of the baseline was very... Um, uh, it, it kind of harkened back to um, the being for the benefit of Mr. Kite. She's so heavy. Like it kind of, mm -hmm. I don't know. And it, it, that's one of the things that definitely this feels like a theatrical experience because you're seeing this theme uh, almost as if you were seeing something on Broadway, like a, like a musical score, right. Where it keeps bringing these elements back in. Um, and I really love that. And I love how you've so eloquently said it um, when it can, when it gets to come together and dear prudence, it's much more of a, of a, you know, you know, get off your feet, um, you know, be part of the solution, do something. And then, of course, you get these beautiful strings from Eleanor Rigby in. And I love Eleanor Rigby so much. It's one of the most heartbreaking songs I've ever heard. And so to have that be there when it's like, hey, don't <laughs> don't be like Eleanor Rigby, get off your butt and do something with your life. Like, don't be, mm -hmm. you don't have to be, I don't know. I, I, I think it's bigger than just being like a lonely person, but um, I think the call's bigger than that. But it was, it was very much like, you don't have to be in this prison that you create yourself. You don't have to be in the world that, that is, is that you're in right now. You can be part of uh, change. And I really love that. Um, and it's very, I don't know what it was like listening to this during like the Vietnam War and all the things uh, that, that was happening around that time because I wasn't alive, but I imagine uh, that, that, it, that it hit people in the same way. Yeah, absolutely. Um, this five song section, um, it, it kind of captures that, Miguel. I'm glad you brought that up because I had here, um, you know, it kind of it kind of captures the the Beatles and, you know, kind of the the political climate and their attitude and their messaging um, of that time, because all five of these tracks uh, were later songs from the Beatles all coming out in 1968 and 1969. So definitely, you know, anti-war uh, sort of sentiment here um, and things like that in these tracks, um, which is interesting um, on an album called Love from a show called Love. Uh, 
but these songs really, to me, um, I'm going to talk a little bit kind of when we, you know, break this down uh, as a whole here in a second, but, you know, these are love songs. They're love songs for your fellow uh, human beings throughout uh, the section here, uh, which I really like. So that is side C. All right. And gets us on to our, our final side here. We are making our way through this uh, just like a hot knife through butter. So we've got Wow, My Guitar Gently Weeps, uh, A Day in the Life, Hey Jude, Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, and All You Need Is Love wrapping us out at track 26. Um, so George Martin wrote the orchestral part version for the while my guitar gently weeps which is a beautiful rendition of that song and if memory serves me from that documentary i think that this was the only new piece of music that was created for um this soundtrack everything else that you hear on the soundtrack was recorded or part of some recording of the beatles library but uh he composed this uh strings uh piece which he'd said you know was his his final composition for the beatles which is uh pretty beautiful sentiment and a pretty beautiful send off for a uh, lifelong of work there. So uh, that gets us into the end of the final side here, uh, really hammering, hammering the love stuff home these last yeah. couple of tracks. Yeah. And I feel like watching this or I watching it, I'm not watching it. I'm listening to it, but it's so in your, I don't know. It's in my, it's in your heart space. It's in your head space. I feel like finishing up this experience you really are filled with um, a lot of fears and 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 doubts and like um, I don't know you're 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 coming over this hill of you know uh, adversity almost because you get through mm-hmm. like the last uh, the last I guess side C right um, you kind of have this really sad melancholy while my guitar gently weeps and then you get into Hey Jude which is very anthem esque. Um, And then at the end, of course, with All You Need Is Love, it really is like very much a theme for the Beatles, right? Like, and when you think about their lives and the things that they all stand for and and talked about um, whether they were a band together or not, I I really love that it kind of comes full circle uh, just in the way a a really wonderful, (laughs) you know, Broadway or or Cirque du Soleil show would right where you're it becomes everything everywhere all at once it's like like a maybe we shouldn't say it like that because I don't want to quote a movie but it's like everything everything is happening all at once these glass onion layers kind of form upon mm-hmm. themselves to create this crescendo of sound and I really love that and I love um, I, I really believe I was trying to look this up Brian so tell me if I'm wrong but I really think that all you need is love there's a part where they start singing she loves you in the back um yes. ground mm-hmm. i couldn't okay good uh because i was like i'm real sure i'm hearing it um but i couldn't find anything confirming it and i didn't want to be wrong um but i love that part so much because it's very like i don't know it's so heart happy and not just romantic love but like we can love each other Lo- love can save the world i don't know it was just amazing and mm-hmm. i get very weepy at the end of it because it's if you listen to the whole thing you're on this journey with this this band right or you know and, yeah it, and it just ends very it's an anthem for sure yeah it's um 
you know, it, it seems kind of kind of strange to say, but if you listen to this as a whole, um, you know, especially if you're if you're a fan of it or you're really kind of you know investing the time and energy into listening to it, you're you're almost like emotionally raw at the end because there's been so much that's been going on and uh, kind of the messaging of all of it. Um, and speaking of messaging, uh, while my guitar gently weeps, I, I just mentioned it a little bit, but I really like um, its inclusion here at the end, um, especially kind of in the context of this show, this album, uh, this soundtrack, because the the song while my guitar gently weeps it's it's very kind of kind of melancholy but the song itself is about that the world is capable of love and people are capable of love um but it just sometimes uh you know the world or people uh can't realize that or are not able to realize that or are unwilling to realize that which is uh kind of to me like the mission statement um of the show to a degree but really it's kind of the mission statement of the Beatles like that is pretty much what the bulk of their music was about right it was it was about the the longing for this world to come together and uh be you know kind of one united as as one and that's kind of the kind of the thesis here uh for the Beatles so I really like that and um then of course you know it goes into a day in the life which is kind Kind of like this um it's almost like a folk tale um in a way about like um you know kind of kind of you know tales of tragedy and reading the newspaper um every day which goes in into this long-held piano chord um which happens at the end of the song the chord lasts for like 40 seconds or something like that which is which is pretty insane and it, it it's feeling very like hopeless almost at the end of that and the way that the the slight dissonance of that chord goes but then it goes into hey jude um which is um you know the song it's it's the like the healing power of hey jude like if you're feeling sad put on hey jude um and you feel better it's it's the most optimistic song uh possibly uh ever written uh which is fantastic and then of course it closes with all you need is love uh with the sign off there uh with a good night uh from the beatles third christmas album if you were lucky enough to be a member of the beatles fan club you got their annual christmas album and that's where that came from so that is Beatles love. It's phenomenal. It's great. Um, there are a couple types of people in the world, Michaela. There are people that realize that the Beatles are the greatest band of all time. And there are people uh, who like to be naysayers and say that that's not true and that they don't like the Beatles. But I, I implore you, if if you fall into the latter camp, to listen to this. Because, you know, obviously we all know the Beatles hits, 20 number one hits. That's a lot. That's a lot. But the way that this is this is composed, it's, it's a celebration of the Beatles, obviously. Uh, but it's as much a celebration of the message of the Beatles, which often gets overlooked when you're thinking about the Beatles and, you know, there's this band that everyone loves and, you know, you can kind of turn your nose up at it, but, but, but really the, the message of the Beatles uh, here to me is what's important and what stands out about this album. And that's why it's really important to me. Yeah, no, I agree completely. I think um, there's th this to me, this album I don't want to say this is the album to listen to of the Beatles because I don't think that that's quite fair. Um, but I think if you don't have an appreciation of the Beatles, do yourself a favor and listen to this because if you don't at the end of this, you never will. And you may not have an appreciation for music. Maybe, I, I don't know. Um, but if you can't listen to this and 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 be moved, I, I just don't know. <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with you. Um, but it's because this album is truly... Um, just a, kind of a referendum on a life's work. I think it's just really special in how it's put together. And the fact that it was done by, um, by this father son kind of duo that um, had the, like the blessing of the, of the Beatles to do it um, mm -hmm. had the, uh, and were, and were there. It, it's not like me. <laughs> 
coming off the street and being like, it'd be so cool if we did like another Beatles album. Like, that'd be awesome. Like, it's um, much more of a uh, some people who know and have been there and under and understand the musical elements to make it what it was um, mm -hmm. as well is, is really makes it really special. And I think that if you haven't listened to it, it's definitely worth your time. Um, if you're already a Beatles fan, then what have you been waiting for? Cause uh, it's been around a while. Um, and if you aren't a Beatles fan, you should listen to it because I think that you can create an understanding at least an appreciation. And if you can't, then, you know, the world is lost on you and I have nothing to say. <laughs> That's right. Absolutely. Um, and in fairness, if uh, you may be just unfamiliar with this, um, you know, obviously it's it's a show from or it's a soundtrack from the Las Vegas show. And it got a little bit of, you know, publicity. I think it went to double platinum at the time that it came out. But, you know, certainly it's it's not if you, you know, Google Beatles albums, of course, you know, Abbey Road is going to come up first. The White Album is going to come up first. Even like uh, Beatles One, which were the, mm -hmm. you know, the 20 number one singles, um, is going to come up, uh, which is an album that came out just a couple years before this, which did insanely well um, sales-wise and stuff like that. But yeah, if you like the Beatles at all, if you like... Um, kind of like musical composition um, in the way uh, the music is, you know, composed and arranged and put together. If you are a fan of soundtracks um, in any sort of way, give this a listen because uh, it's pretty brilliant, I think, for sure. So I uh, want to send a special thank you to all of our patrons who voted in this week's uh, poll. It was a tight one, like I mentioned at the top. You know, we had Beach Boys Pet Sounds. That's probably going to go uh, back on the list for a future vote. Uh, one of the best albums of all time, according to a lot of people. So that would be fun to dig into. But, you know, Beatles, Beatles won the day. They won their way to my heart and they won their way into our cocktail glass with that riff on the old fashioned. So, uh, Michaela, let's uh, let's end it right there. There's nothing else we could say about the Beatles that hasn't been said already. Go give this a listen and make yourself up one of these old fashioned love songs to have while you're doing it. Uh, we want to see pictures of your cocktail. We want to see all of your uh, Beatles memories, your Beatles memorabilia, uh, what you love about the Beatles, what you don't love about the Beatles. Uh, that's that's fine. Uh, tell us all that stuff. You can do it on our social medias. It's at Drink the Movies on uh, Instagram and Threads and X, I guess. Uh, Facebook.com slash drink the movies. Uh, you can uh, find written recipes, uh, pictures of ours, uh, album pictures, all that stuff on our website, which is www.drinkthemovies.com. And make sure you go check out our Patreon site, patreon.com slash drink the movies. If you want to get in on the next poll, uh, bonus episodes, all that stuff, it's the best place to do it. And we appreciate our patrons over there so much. Michaela, we're going to have another album vote coming up. And that means we're going to have another album to talk about next week. So people want to make sure they're subscribed to the podcast and leave That's us right. good reviews. Where can they do that? You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Good Pods, anywhere where Spotify podcasts are distributed and supported. Um, we, we are so excited. Uh, I got to tell you, this is this is album album six, volume six, six of Drink the Music. Uh, we did not anticipate uh, it's five that more we than we thought we were going to have to do. <laughs> That's by right. The way. Um, and and look, we're really excited because it gives us an opportunity to talk about different things. I probably sound way stupider talking about music than than anything else, but that's okay. Um, we're doing it. We're doing it because we still have a community to do this with, and we're so yes. overwhelmingly grateful uh, for all of you to continue to listen and expand uh, your ears and your minds and your cocktail uh, shenanigans with us because uh, that really is what it's all about. So if you're liking what you're hearing, uh, please hit the subscribe button, tell your friends, leave us five-star review. It really helps us uh, get all the drink, the music, drink, the movie stuff out there. Uh, and we are really, really grateful because uh, this is just about the best job in the world and uh, we can't do it without y'all.
Absolutely. So that is the 2006 Love album by the Beatles. So thank you so much for tuning into this one. We'll be back to talk about another uh, album next week, and we'll be bringing another cocktail to go with it. So thanks for tuning in, and we'll talk to you next time on Drink Drink the the music. Music. All you need is love, Michaela. Ah, look at all the lonely people. You were supposed to say love is all you need, but that's love is all you need. All right. Well, I'll do that. Singing's good too. Singing's good too. (laughs) Love is all you need.